Hey guys, my name is Hadil, also known as Hadil Speaks, and today I'm joined with the amazing Akilia. Hi. Um, <laughs> welcome to season two of Miss the Point, a podcast where I talk about social issues, current affairs, media stories, and everything to do with young people, the world, and how to make it a better place. Akilia, would you like to introduce yourself for people that don't already know who you yeah. are? So, um, I, I guess my main thing is that I'm a public speaker. Um, I've been doing public speaking for about two years now, two and a half years. Uh, I started in June 2020 um, and I spoke in front of my hometown, a protest for the first time, reading an open letter to myself called Dear Brown Child. And a school friend uploaded it uh, to social media and it, yeah, kind of got a lot more attention than I thought it would and yeah it just kind of went from there so we you're on TikTok I'm on TikTok uh -huh. hashtag book talk what's a book recommendation you have for people that want to learn more about the black British experience or a book Ooh. that's really touched you or inspired you okay that's a good question I think my go-to which is like the first book that I properly read uh, that's racism related is probably So You Want to Talk About Race. Um, that one, I have you read it? Not yet, it's on my reading list. Uh -huh. Honestly, definitely read it. Um, I read it with like, a few of my friends. I used parts of it as well to help me with some of my speeches. And I feel that one just specifically because that was the first book that I picked up that was to do with racism. And um, even though <laughs> I am mixed race, um, I grew up in a predominantly white area and I actually didn't really clock what racism was until I did sociology and studied it at A-level. And I didn't realize just how many um, discriminative experiences that I actually had until learning about racism, reading that book. It's really educated me um, in that way. So I really recommend that. It's interesting you should say that. This episode is actually called Systems of Oppression. What's the reality? Where's our power? Um, how do you feel like the education system and your life as a child growing up in the UK might have actually impacted you? To start off, so where I grew up in my hometown, um, I didn't grow up in London, I moved here for uni, um, which I'm so thankful for because I feel so much more um, inclusive and at peace. Um, with education, I was actually talking um, to my partner about this because um, he grew up in Peckham um, and every time we go out and it's on school hours, I'm like, whoa, oh my God. Like my boyfriend, he's white and he's there and he's the minority. And I'm like seeing myself in the reflection and I'm conscious of the fact that I'm not white. And when I was younger going to school, like I take selfies with friends and I'm the only person of color there and I'm conscious of that. Um, and to you know my partner, that's just normal. He's like, yeah, this, this is Peckham. This is this is what it's like here. Um, but for me, it's just completely not what I'm used to at all. And um, so yeah, with school, when I went to school, I've never been taught by a black teacher apart from sociology, um, and she was mixed. That's the only teacher I've had. All my other teachers have been white. Um, so I don't know if that probably had an impact as well, because being in the UK, I feel like the education system, it's Eurocentric as it is. So then again, not being taught from um, people from other cultures or even just learning about other cultures in general, I feel like I didn't get that where I grew up. It's interesting you should say that actually, because I feel like this is a conversation that's definitely starting to happen at a wider scale um, and more people are tuning into it. But I think a lot of the times we also hone in on um, metropolitan cities. So we'll think very much about London, the black experience in London um, yeah. or Birmingham or Manchester, places that are diverse and, and much more widely populated by um, black people and other POCs. For yourself and others that live in places like Dorset and Bournemouth, mm -hmm. I feel like the experience is 
extremely different, very, very different. I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb, basically. Um, I mean, even at one of my jobs when I used to work part time, um, that again was in um, an area where there are a lot of people that were elderly, white people as well. Um, and, you know, I would just go about my business serving people um, and they'd say, oh, your, your accent's really good. Where did you grow up? Are you enjoying it over here? I was born in pool, <laughs> like yeah. down the road. Um, it's just questions like that. And like, that's normal where I grew up and people just don't even think when they say it. And the worst part about it is that, again, because I was the only person of color on my shifts, it really hurt that I knew I was the only person being asked that question. Mm. Like I knew that the other people like my colleagues, they weren't being asked that question because they weren't, they weren't standing out, they weren't different. And that was another thing that I found really hard. No, thank you for sharing that, first of all, obviously. Um, that's your personal lived experience. Um, but I think a big part of fighting against and acknowledging systems of oppressions, like the ones of racial discrimination we have here in the UK, um, involves obviously breaking it through forms of empowerment. And I find it interesting and I like that you mentioned difference. I think a lot of the time there is a tendency to treat black people and people of color across the UK as a monolith, saying actually, your experiences don't matter, we're all the same. Kind of like that uh, I don't see yeah, race. That all lives matter. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the two sides of the same coin type of thing, where actually we ignore completely the differences that exist between us. And I think that erases a big part of our lived experiences and it prevents us from actually enacting meaningful change. How do you feel about that? Yeah, difference is so important after everything in the BLM movement up again in 2020 when I started speaking it was all about that all eyes matter and oh everybody's the same but it's kind of like an extremist point of equality I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion but I feel like when things are too even ground then there's nothing uh, there's no contradictions and I feel like it's really important to have you know like yin and yang to have um, differences within each other because that's important but then it's strengthening those those differences rather than tearing each other down at the same time yeah I feel like there's um, a very fine line between you know celebrating and liberating those differences and then just eradicating them completely I really don't think that that's the answer yeah you definitely should um, celebrate those differences that we have with each other yeah absolutely and this podcast is called miss the point right mm -hmm. we talk about social change all the discourse that's taking place and where sometimes it misses the point and just jumping off the back of what you said I think a lot of the time corporations organizations businesses um, miss the point it feels like they're capitalizing off of people's oppression they're acting like it's a way to kind of elevate their social status and put for put themselves forward as an enterprise that's doing good that's actually um, inclusive or cares about racial equality but then you'll find that they're funding companies that are against the movements they claim to support or mm -hmm. actually the diversity is only in the lower paid jobs and in higher paid jobs you see white middle-class men for example dominating and I think that's the antithesis to what liberation is it's the antithesis to breaking um, oppression and discrimination and systems of oppression that are so deeply ingrained in society I think sometimes they can be so harmful that they allow us to pretend discrimination doesn't exist and then when people talk about their lived experiences um, it's almost like a segue or a gateway to say Marks and Spencers have black people on their advertisements now. Yeah, I've just noticed on a very general scale um, in comparison to like the US compared to the UK, 
Um, I feel like there's a lot of covert racism in the UK. Like mm. I feel like in America, like whenever you see like um, footage or like clips of it on social media, it's very overt. You know, like you see the Karens, like you see the like awful things that people do that happen in the news. And whereas in the UK, it's covert in the way that it's a lot more sneaky. So I feel like um, in a lot of ways that can be harmful because um, it's easier to get gaslit. Yeah, absolutely. And even as my experience as a TikTok content creator, um, obviously being black and British, when I speak about things like racism, people are like, oh, why are you trying to bring US's problems over here? Like, this isn't actually a thing. Pushing off our problems as the US's problems or acting like they don't get, they don't exist in the UK is a huge part of like some of the, you know, backlash, I guess. Um, yeah. People in the comments of some of my TikTok videos are telling me that the lived experiences and the realities and facts and history that exists in the UK didn't happen, which just uh -huh. fundamentally isn't true. And actually for Black History Month, I've been creating a content series on TikTok, on the color bar, on different areas of Black British history that you might not have heard about. So if you aren't already following me on TikTok, check me out on there and stay tuned for this series. But it's definitely really important to remember that actually just because racism doesn't look the same everywhere and oftentimes you'll find that a lot of it is quite similar mm -hmm. um, the nuances don't eradicate the existence of racism now I'm gonna warn you I'm about to say four big words at you okay healthcare education justice system how do you think these institutions and these areas have impacted marginalized groups and people of color in the UK Okay, so let's start with the first one. Education. I feel like the education system, in the UK at least, is incredibly Eurocentric. It's taught through like a, a white lens, if you will. I think it serves as a injustice not to teach young kids about the wide, rich cultures that exist across the world and the histories that come from them. Even now is South Asian Heritage Month. Um, how many people know about that? And I think it's, it's rooted in the fact that our education system subconsciously tells us to ignore things that aren't brought to our forefront as if they're not important. For me, I've, in short, learning, 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 that's where it starts for education. Um, but then also there's healthcare as well. And, you know, marginalized groups have been incredibly impacted by that, especially as you've seen with COVID as well. Um, I don't know if you've like had any thoughts about that as well. We've just been through a huge pandemic um, and we all know that it's disproportionately impacted people of color and other vulnerable groups. And living in today's society and seeing the impact um, this has had on so many people's lives and then hearing that this has had a disproportionate effect on groups that are already marginalized it just goes to show how systems of oppression are so deeply ingrained in even things that are meant to be objective things that are meant to be fair you know doctors swear the Hippocratic Oath, doctors have to do no harm. It's not the doctor's fault, but they operate in the context of a system where disadvantage, where neglect is destined to happen. And we've, again, seen so many content creators, academics talk about the, the discrimination in healthcare systems. The fact that, you know, black women are more likely to die in labor. The fact that only recently some of us saw an, a medical illustration on a black body. Like these things are indicators and not even, they're only a precis, they're not even the whole picture of the reality of discrimination in a society plagued with systemic racism. And obviously we can't talk about injustice, we can't talk about the justice system without considering Grenfell 
obviously um it's been a few years since Grenfell has happened mm -hmm. and it was an absolutely devastating event um and it's so deeply saddening to know that still to this day only a limited amount of people have received justice and i think Grenfell represents a culmination of intersections of oppression coming together whether that be class-based inequality race-based inequality the disenfranchisement of working class people and the failure of justice the justice system which is already struggling um, and that's been extenuated during the pandemic just showing us so many of the failed mechanisms that drastically need updating in our society i think the fact that they've been able to avoid justice for so long and the fact that so many families are still waiting to hear. Obviously, nothing can replace the loss of a loved one, but I think Grenfell showed us that we can't put ourselves on this high horse if we don't prioritize one of the most essential things to our society, and that is the protection of human rights and justice. With breaking down discrimination comes breaking barriers and social mobility and increased representation. Yeah, and course. especially with the rise of social media, we've been hearing representation, representation, representation. Mm -hmm. um, almost as if it's this beacon of hope and it's the only way to set marginalized groups free. Yeah. Um, do you think all representation is good representation? Oh, you know what? I've never been asked that before. It's a good question. Obviously, we need representation as like somebody to look up to, maybe like even just in its most innocent form, um, or maybe not so innocent, arguably. But you know, when I was younger, growing up, um, it's like even with Disney princesses, for example. I don't know when Princess and the Frog came out, and even then, she was a frog the halfway through it. But you know, that was the first time where I, you know, saw a Disney. Um, character on the TV that I felt like I could relate to or look up to or open up to can be really inspiring to you know younger children which is where it starts but I feel like um, the Love Island cast which to me it just seems really silly arguing whether there was or wasn't enough representation because it's almost taking away from the root problem I feel like it's really important to focus on where the issue is actually coming from not having this umbrella to kind of create a mask or cover up what the actual issue is so yeah for me in that way representation of course is very important but you know um, there's lots of other proactive things that can be done rather than just putting on this facade I absolutely agree and I think you put it perfectly and I love the examples you used for that <laughs> and I'm actually going to build on what you said by actually looking at it through a different area where representation is seen as a very important part and that's through politics right mm -hmm. I keep bringing up the leadership elections because they're happening right now and because they've exposed so much you can see that through people like Kemi and Priti Patel they're obviously women and people of color mm -hmm. and members of the conservative party and that's not to paint the conservative party as a monolith I'm just talking about these two examples Priti Patel and her immigration policy and her rhetoric on immigration those are things that harm communities that she is so-called representing. I think we need a more nuanced understanding of what representation is. When we're talking about representation in the context of liberation, it requires us to recognize that if you get to the top, you can't pull the ladder back up, that's number one. And number two, we shouldn't want a seat at the table. I don't want a seat at the table. I want to break the table, build a new system, reform and really change things so that they can work efficiently. Representation isn't putting a face on the screen. It's putting someone somewhere where they will advocate, where they will empower, where they will leave inspiration for future generations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this can't be answered simply, but where, where do we begin with that? Obviously, we're doing our own things, but, you know, it's only so much you can do with protesting and 
speaking like there's you know got to be action um involved so yeah where where do we start with that in in that way with politics i think with politics imp- most importantly as much as people will tell you you're being annoying or you're being too critical living in a democracy one of the biggest privileges or one of our biggest rights rather is being able to hold people accountable um attending you know different organizations taking part in movements and campaigns on certain issues and being very aware and critical of your own rights and using that to educate other people on their rights too the biggest disadvantage we can give to ourselves as young people is tell us that we can't do it and that we're not powerful enough and that our voice doesn't matter because that is the antithesis so i would say to that you know it's obviously a very nuanced and complicated discussion and we can't simplify it into a short podcast but hopefully some of the things we've covered today on you know systems of oppression in the UK and allowing us to understand our power the reality of the situation are two key steps and stepping stones to hopefully a better more inclusive and fair society so that brings us to the end of our episode thank you so 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 much for listening thank you so much for having me um most of my social medias are i am akelia yeah (laughs) okay amazing thank you so much guys make sure you tune in next week and check out my social media it's at hedor speaks on all platforms um Maybe you'll even get some behind the scenes content soon. (laughs) I'm also really excited to share with you guys that this podcast is going to have a live event on the 22nd of October at the Western Theatre in the Museum of London. Um, Tickets are going to be going on sale in September. So make sure you check the links of this video. Check the buyers of my social media. Um, Proceeds will be going to charity. And I'll look forward to seeing you guys at a live event. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for listening. It means the world. And I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day. Hadil Speaks, over and out.